Have you ever wondered where the problems in the world today would exist if we had deeper connection to ourselves, others, and the environment and acted from that place? Welcome to the Conscious Action Podcast with your host, Brian Burneman, who believe that connection is the key to taking conscious action as individuals and creating a better world. We are here to raise awareness and inspire meaningful action by sharing stories, knowledge, and conversations with thought leaders and change makers. From sustainability to well-being and everything related to conscious living, our mission is to empower you to be the change that you want to see in the world. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Conscious Action Podcast. I am Brian Burnham, your host, and I have the pleasure to be joined all the way from Phoenix, Arizona, in the U.S. by Terry Kim. Thank you so much, Terry, for being here, for sharing this space with us. And for everybody that is watching and listening to us, Terry, what can you share about you? Who is Terry? <laughs> yeah, thanks, Brian, for having me on the show, first of all, and I'm glad to be here. Um, yeah, a little bit about me is um, I am a serial tech entrepreneur, and it didn't start always that way. Um, my career was actually in uh, network engineering and cybersecurity. So I had a career as an engineer, and then I turned a tech CEO entrepreneur. And so I've been in the tech startup game, um, you know, raising $18 million out of Silicon Valley. Uh, I'm a Y Combinator alum. And I started my second tech startup in, um, well, my first tech startup in 2012, when I left the corporate world, um, that crashed and burned, but a lot of lessons learned there. And then got back into the corporate world, pay out, paid off some debt. Like it took maybe a year, year and a half. And then I jumped right back in, in, uh, 2016, uh, quit, um, my, um, high paying, uh, engineer job, uh, for the second time and started uh, NGT Academy, which I've been running with my co-founder for seven years, where we train students to become engineers. And the whole concept, you know, I actually wrote a book about it. You can get it on Amazon if you want to break into IT, how to go from zero to engineer, the story of the American dream without going to college. So IT um, training is practical, hands-on. And so we could train people in four months versus four years of university. And so that's my primary business. And uh, now I have my, I guess, one, two, three. This is my fourth uh, tech startup uh, in the wellness space, and it's called Ohm Sleep. So um, we're launching the world's most advanced sleeping mask, um, and it's actually live on Kickstarter. So you can go to ohmsleep.co.co and grab one of these. And that kind of leads me to the last chapter, well, last five years of my life in where I had a huge spiritual awakening and it made me create uh, this uh, company from that. Mm, wow. You know, I always find it fascinating people's stories and how the, the journeys go and they change. And uh, one of the things that um, I, I'm always really interested in is how, you know, we can start to merge all of these different seemingly separate worlds uh, because they are not separate worlds, but mostly we have separated them. So I, I would love to know, Terry, for for you as as you uh, started that that shift for yourself. What was that shift? Like, how did that come about? What what happened that you had that you know awakening? 
Yeah, I, I I basically, you know, me and my co-founder went on like a spiritual vision quest in 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 the big basin in the redwood forest in Santa Cruz, and um, I had an awakening <clears throat> that <clears throat> so was so profound it expanded my consciousness. So you know, what people don't realize is most people are on autopilot, right? They're programmed by society or, or kind of their upbringing, and they're just reacting or doing their to dos. Uh, to get by. And really what we need more is work-life balance and to inspire the next generation of entrepreneurs or founders that can create a product or service that is not created from a self-centered ego uh, perspective of me, 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 but no, what is a product or a service that I can put out in the world that will change the world for the better? And it's a service to humanity. So I, I truly believe is the next generation of founders should build mission-driven companies that um, founders were their heart-led versus eco or mind-led. And um, two is to build altruism into uh, their companies. Uh, you know, for example, Omsleep, for every product you purchase, uh, we will be planting one tree. Um, and it's our way to give back to the planet. And, and, it doesn't even start. It, that's just a starting point. We want to do more philanthropic uh, efforts with bigger projects uh, once we scale the company up. But like, what is that intention? What is the company's mission and values? And how are you going to, you know, bake altruism into the company right from the start? And I got always inspired by like Tom Shoes, you know, where you buy one shoe and he donates another one to a third world country for kids to you know, where, where have some shoes to run around in, you know? And so if we can have more founders, like with that type of mindset, I think that would be the game changer and we're in it right now. I think there's a big spiritual awakening. You can call it the great awakening. That's what I feel like is happening right now in the world. And so once you awaken and expand your consciousness, I think it just changes. It changes not only who you are, but it changes the way you think about what product or service do you want to put out in the world. Mm, definitely. And, you know, I, I, I often talk about how what you mentioned that we are, you know, on autopilot, we are sleepwalking and we're just doing the things that, yeah, we've been programmed and conditioned to do. And, you know, like, no, um, this is not about judging. I was part of that. And until we have that awakening, we realize that there's not much that we can do. But one of the things that, that, comes with that is that once we realize there's other ways of being there's other ways of doing things then we we cannot as i always say to people like once we go through an awakening or we have a certain type of experience we cannot unsee what we experienced um and that starts to inform how we live our lives and as you're saying you know like suddenly it's not just about perhaps making money or creating a product that is going to to have like it's going to be able to make a lot of sales unless it's actually providing something contributing uh doing something for society for our our earth like however it's its focus is as you're doing now with this like you're focusing on wellness through like the own mask it's how can we contribute and how can we also you know, us we are living within the system that we still need to make money we still need to keep on like doing these things okay how can we 
bring all of this together, do something positive, do something that is going to have an impact on our well-being as well as other people's well-being and the products that we that we create or the services that we provide and how is that actually having a, a positive impact and i think that that comes as you're saying as more and more people are waking up uh it's it's also i was just uh, i was recently like in the last couple of days talking with one of my clients um a, a new client and it was um talking about you know like not knowing what to do you know like for for money for this and i was like well what do you want to do you know like then you figure out how to make money but a lot of times i think that our society is backwards in terms of that it's like how can i make money and then it's that okay what what's the thing that i want to do how do i want to be and you know i i always talk about life work balance instead of work life balance because i want to make an emphasis on life and I think that, that is, you know, like when we're able to do that, whenever that is for each of us in our own journey, that's that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And Terry, I want to to ask you, you have that awakening. You went to the Redwood Forest, you do that. What mm. happens next? Did you um by yourself started to do things did you find different methodologies techniques that you resonated with that you started to explore yeah i mean i dove really deep within myself and so it was really a combination of um i would say um deep inner healing um you know going on vision quests and and also working with plant medicines and that's what really expanded my consciousness and <clears throat> once that awakening happened like there was no going back as you know and so when we awaken it's about self-realization and some people will think that they're actually awakened but there's still a little bit of unconsciousness as we always have this unconscious parts of ourselves that we awaken so i truly you know, in my experience, believe that awakening is a constant um, progress once it starts, but there is a pivotal moment, I would say in some cases, some people are spiritual their whole life. Um, you know, mine, I, I was, I was, a, I was, I consider myself a Christian, right? Because I went to a Christian school when I was in elementary up to middle school. And then after I became an adult in my 20s, slowly 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 i basically completely turned my you know back from church and and it was because it didn't resonate with me anymore mm. and then i found spirituality um you know or god had a different purpose for me because at age 40 he awakened me and it was undeniable um and it was very profound so uh from that in the last five years i've been introduced to you know meditation to plant medicines to uh breath work um and all these different modalities of ancient teachings or wisdom is what i'm drawn to so i love studying metaphysics and i love studying esoteric knowledge and ancient teachings and things that we've lost along the way and i would say if you want to deepen your spiritual practice is is to really spend more time alone spend more time in nature and connect with our creator and 
in order to do that, you have to do these things like meditation, spending more time in nature and disconnecting from, you know, what I consider the matrix um, of a three-dimensional plane where everything's about money, power, and materialistic, um, um, you know, gathering as much materialistic objects, uh, whether it's a house or a car, you know, but you can only have so many cars, you can only have so many houses. And what we don't realize is that that's not true happiness. And and so that's been very powerful uh, awakening for me, at least. Mm, yeah, you know, I, I I run a lot of times this course that it's called from disconnect to reconnect, and mm. and it's it's about that. It's about disconnecting from the devices, disconnecting well from the matrix, <laughs> and and reconnecting with with our being and with all of the amazing potential that we have that you know I, I i'm fortunate that as i often share like i based on my parents journey i was introduced to meditation to all of these different practices as a teenager so mm-hmm. now it's like it's been 20 years of living my life in that way instead of the way that i knew up until that moment and and i know that it's as you say it's an ever evolving journey every time there's a new layer there's something new there's and it's yes it's it's about for me as as you mentioned with those ancient wisdom teachings that are so so simple so simple (laughs) and we overcomplicate them but they are simple and we just need to explore them as one of my teachers used to say you know if, if we are open curious and we explore within ourselves by creating, as you're saying, those moments of solitude, those moments of stillness, those moments to actually reconnect with ourselves and trying to understand, like, you know, what are the type of thoughts that I have? What's the type of feelings that I'm experiencing? Why am I behaving in such a way? You know, like understanding the tendencies, the patterns of behaviors, then it's so much easier to to actually explore how then we want to connect with others what we're going to do for work how we're going to contribute and i think that's such a a wonderful journey for all of us but it's one that we actually need to go through (laughs) absolutely the journey is yours and and everyone's journey is unique and different and we're all at different stages so it's a beautiful thing um yeah and i'm interested terry so you had that um how have you been able to to incorporate in all of your like ventures both like from a business perspective and relationships how did you started to introduce how you started to shift um with your awakening like did you notice that you behave differently with your relationships that you approach work differently absolutely it's changed everything. Um, so, um, in terms of, um, what I want to provide is ultimately freedom of choice, freedom to pursue whatever your heart desires for myself and for my family. So that's, that's number one. So my connection and my spirituality, my relationship with God, our creator, like that's utmost, the most important. Secondly is my family. And so, and then third is my business and my ventures and my projects. What, what's fundamentally changed is 
how I go about creating products or services and how I set intentionality and values. So what I realize is that once this awakening happened, uh, people in my environment or circle in my network um, would start kind of falling off, right? Because they no longer are vibrational match. There's no resonance. Um, and then new people started coming into my field because they resonate with what I'm saying and how I feel. And, and it's a vibrational match. And I truly believe the universe matches you when you step into a new timeline or a frequency or a vibrational state that you're going to start seeing that you're losing people. And you might think that, oh man, this is a bad thing. Like my co-founder doesn't want to work with me anymore. That's okay. That's a blessing because you're moving into a different dimension um, timeline where you're now going to get introduced to new people, events, places that all just magically happen because now you're in a new vibration. Mm, definitely. Definitely. I, you know, I know for me, it's a lot of times I, I, I tell people like, I, like it's nothing against all of my childhood friends or nothing against all of the people that I've been, you know, like friends through, through time. Um, but those were no longer, as you say, my vibrational match. Like those people weren't anymore the people that I wanted to hang out with both vibrationally and from, you know, like yep. what, what they were talking about and the things. And again, nothing about them or judging them. It's about For sure. what was serving me at each of those moments and knowing like, yes, they are wonderful people. I just don't feel like that's the space that I want to hang out anymore. <laughs> That's correct. Yep. Um, and look, if you're, if you've had some type of awakening and you're, you want to be either, um, more spiritual or you're already a spiritual being, it's not that you, you still can't take advantage of capitalism and, and launch a, a venture or a project. It's just that your, your mindset will be different, but you still need to learn the entrepreneur skills. You still need to learn how to sell and, and market your product or service because, just because you build it, it doesn't mean people are going to show up, right? Like, mm -hmm. so um, that's important, I think, to know, um, you know, for those that are listening, it's like, you know, you can't just be spiritual and just things start manifesting. You have to, you know, have a plan and you have to take action and, and, and do the work. Yeah, well, that is why, you know, conscious action, because we actually need to take action. Mm -hmm. It's the, you know, it's the the thing with the law of attraction and all of that is like, well, like it won't happen if you're just sitting there like on your couch or on your meditation cushion. It doesn't matter if you're not taking action. That is a conscious action that comes from that place of awareness and what you're wanting to do with your intention, then nothing is going to happen. And Terry, one of the things that uh, this year, especially I run a few, a few um, workshops around this topic is the topic of Ikigai. And, mm. and I, I love that topic because it, it merges all of these things that, that we're talking about. Um, how, how, how do you use Ikigai? <laughs> yeah, so I love the concept of Ikigai because it's about finding your purpose. And there's multiple ways to find purpose is to try a lot of different things, right? And to see what excites you. It might be that like you love mountain biking, for example, right? If you love mountain biking, why, why not create reels around mountain biking, teaching people how to uh, run, ride different trails, uh, tips and strategies of uh, different bikes and how to become a professional and, and on and on. And maybe you can even 
uh, launch a, a bike, you know, company, right? Um, so point is like you can get passionate about anything, um, whether it's making art or riding a you know mountain bike or or maybe meditating in the forest. Like it doesn't matter because every niche and super niches actually are even better that you could become a subject matter expert in that field because you there's only one version of you and every person on the planet is you got a unique dna signature and you if you can tap into that authentic self of you and that could take time and years but once you find that you get your passion you find the service that the pro the world needs uh to make the world a better place uh to serve humanity to serve others and to find um, something that you can get paid for. And if your passion, your purpose and 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 your service and 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 the money all clicks, then that's your ikigai. and that becomes your North star. and you can just hone in on that and become the best version in that market. You know, I love the documentary uh, Jiro Love Sushi on Netflix, where he's like the best nigiri um chef, right? Like in Japan. And he's just got like a hole in the wall restaurant. But like he can charge eight hundred or twelve hundred dollars per person for one dinner sitting. You're only eating like eleven pieces of nigiri. But um, he created that much demand. Why? Because he perfected rolling nigiris for like forty years or whatnot, and he's become the best in class. So uh, that's the beauty of ikigai. Instead of chasing money without the passion, right, or the service that the world needs. Because sometimes people could be great salesmen selling ice to an Eskimo, like. Does the world really does does Eskimos really need ice? So Ikigai is a beautiful concept because you're merging into what the world needs and aligning it to a passion that you are just obsessed about. And if you're not obsessed about, you know, a particular thing, I would drop it. I would I would drop it and keep looking for something that just ignites your soul. Mm, yeah, you know, it's one of the the things that that I that I love about understanding. Like a lot of times. When I share with people uh, something around work, I usually tell them, you know, I think that when I talk about work, it's a very different meaning than what most people think. And for me, work, it's how I'm contributing to the world, like what I'm yep. doing that I'm contributing. And yes, I'm making a living out of that because that's, again, the system that we have. So therefore, I get paid for that. I, like I, I, I always tell to everyone, if I didn't have to make any more money for whatever reason, either because I, like, no longer live in a system that needs money, I would still do ninety-nine percent of what I'm doing every single day. And I think Beautiful. that that is one of the things that you know, like, with using Ikigai or or using any method that resonates with people supports so much in in the knowing of how we want to live our lives and yes then how can we make that contribution to the world and then yes we need to make a living so how can we make money out of that and you know for for everybody that is listening if you don't know the ikigai model just go online and find it it's very easy there's so many resources it's basically what terry was saying you know like what are you passionate about what can like how can you contribute or what does the world need and how can you get paid what's you know like the talent that you have that you can get paid for and when you find in that center um what it is then everything comes together and you're able to to live that purpose your your ikigai and it's a wonderful one when we're able to do that and it doesn't need to be fixed 
as well. That's one of the things that I keep on telling people, you know, like perhaps in two years it changes and your, like your passion is different and therefore you completely change what you're doing. And that is where a lot of times I think that for a lot of people, this gets, um, where they get stuck is that this is working and there's so much fear of the, again, that letting go. It's just like, as you were saying with, People they don't want to start over. That. Yes. That, that's that's the thing. A lot of people don't understand. And I, I learned this the hard way. When you switch um, careers, like I went from like DJ to K-pop star to joining the military. So like drastic uh, reality shifts. Um, and what people don't realize, they, there's this thing called the hero's journey, right? Um, and in part of the hero's journey, when we change professions or passions, you have to start all over again, Right. So it's a whole learning process, just like riding a bicycle. Like you're going to have to relearn that new, you know, uh, passion project of yours. Maybe, maybe it's knitting, but you have to start all, you have to start through the whole process again and suffer and go through the pain of learning something new. And that's what people are, are afraid to. They're so comfort in their comfort zone and, you know, all their bills are paid and, and they're wondering why they hate their life is because they're not, they don't, they're not living on purpose with purpose and so um yeah ikigai is a great book um by hector garcia you can go check it out um and that could really get you going once you find your ikigai another beautiful japanese concept that i live in and die by is the way of kaizen or the way of kaizen.com is actually my newsletter you can download the free kaizen pdf guide so i have like a like, I don't know, like a 22 page guide, but basically it's all about just changing for good and improving, you know, one's processes if it's a business, but you can apply the Kaizen concept to your personal habits as well. But what I love about Kaizen is that if you just improve 1% every day, that's a 37 X improvement in one whole year. So it doesn't have to be like, I'm going to shift and change my identity overnight. No, that, that happens over time but what is the habits and rituals that you want to do to be the person that you want to embody today not tomorrow but today meaning if you're a spiritual person are you devoting time for prayer meditation right like are you spending that time if you like mountain biking are you spending that time to become a professional mountain biker and training for that so that's where you know we don't have to Try to change things overnight. We can do it one day at a time using the power of compounding. And I promise you, this is a faster way to success because um, there is no shortcuts to success. But compounding is is so powerful and it's reliable and it's consistent and it just works. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, uh, that I love about this, one of the things that I usually tell my clients, how can we make sustainable changes that mm. actually um allows us to actually change because a lot of times people make those fast changes and then they they stop they revert back it's like okay i'm going to start going to you know like to the gym or i'm going to start eating this type of diet and then a week later it's like nah that's it <laughs> and it's like okay like those small sustainable compounding uh actions that we can take to change one is not such a shock to the system for those that you know are shock averse <laughs> and then it's actually going to as you're saying it's going to like potentiate so much that it's going to create 
once we look back, such a different way of being and such a different person. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is, when old patterns are broken, new worlds emerge. And I love this quote. I actually had on the subscribed on or, or scribed in to back of my iPad. And it's true. When you break your old patterns with new patterns, your world's going to shift drastically. And I promise you that. And, and that's the power of being able to be in control of your own destiny. Mm, beautiful. I love that quote. Uh, Terry, when, mm. when you experience as a, you know, as a startup um, guy, as a, you know, like an entrepreneur, how has that actually supported this no fear of change as well? Because in the startup world, that is as well, you know, like that fast, you know, fail fast. That actually, yes. uh, from that personal space, that also really supports the no fear of change or failing. Yeah. Um, so the way you can just reframe that from a mindset perspective is that fail fast, succeed faster. Right, Thomas Edison invented the light bulb after a thousand failures. So it wasn't about failing; it was a thousand lessons he learned to create, you know, his invention. So the reframe on that for those listening is: when you look at failure, instead of looking at it as failure, like "Oh, man, I failed," like you know, like I'm a bad person, or ah, "Man, I'm, I'm horrible at this." Like it's this negative self-talk could come from that failure but it's a reframe. All you have to do is say, wow, I learned a lot of lessons from that. So every failure, it's a reframe to lessons that you're learning to make you become the person that you're meant to become. And that's the beauty of life, that life is a series of lessons along a journey. And I think it's the most beautiful thing that you can self-realize once that clicks, then you can look at life from an optimistic lens. I've always been an optimist, but I, you know, I could talk to so many people and and just really quick I can real realize like, wow, you're you're a real pessimist. Because <laughs> every word that's coming out of your mouth is just, you know, negativity or thinking when we have infinite possibilities in this present moment, infinite things can happen. And you're crossing out those possibilities of good things because you're just so focused on the negative things whether it's past trauma or you know maybe you were let down and i think a lot of people hold on to this their past experiences and and they try to predict the future and it's really just self sabotage you know i i remember um i started um driving when i was 16 back in argentina and i i had a lot of road rage at that time and one time I went to see my teacher and I told her like, you know, like uh, I got there and I was so stressed out and because <laughs> like this person cut me off and all of this. And she said like, so where were they going? And I was like, I don't know, like, you know, like, but they, they did this to me. And she was like, perhaps they weren't going to the hospital, you know, like, and I remember that was such a big shift for me and what you're saying. I was just seeing something negative. I was just saying, oh, this person is an asshole or whatever. They cut me yep. off instead of thinking like they might be in an emergency. They might be going somewhere and they need to get there really fast. And yes, they cut me off or they did a maneuver that was a little bit dangerous. Um, but why did my mind go to that negative place instead of to the possibility of something? And, and it's what you're saying. like. Yeah, 
understanding those those patterns, understanding how to unlearn that, as you're saying, breaking all of those patterns and and learning so that we can open to the myriad of possibilities that are out there each and every single moment that we don't even know. Like there's no way that I can even fathom what's possible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um we're we're only conscious of what we're you know that is brought into our awareness and everyone's at different levels of consciousness so it's always good to just you know have an open mind and to be um always learning and to have humility and and humble being humble i think is a great way to grow because that's that's i'm you know i you know if i was to kind of label myself i would i would say i'm a student of life right now Mm -hmm at this phase i'm i'm an entrepreneur and all these other things but at the end of the day i'm a student of life because um that's what we're here to you know and that's what i truly believe is that you know we're on this uh spiritual journey uh to self-realize who we truly are yeah beautiful beautiful i, I always think you know like the love of learning and the love of life like it, they just go together so well and it's something that uh, like i keep on doing uh I know, like, you know, that saying, like, know that you don't know anything. And it's like, I go to things with that. It's like, I know that on some things I have experienced a lot and I can share, but most things I don't know anything. And I go with that open mind. And Terry, I'm I'm interested um, with the slip masks. Where did that idea come from? (laughs) Yeah, so... um... So I had a I had another awakening um happen uh last July and I came back from a retreat and I was just kind of in this high vibrational frequency of just like you know like all love and and um compassion for the world and and whatnot and I had a lucid dream and when I woke up from this dream like it just like hit me like a ton of bricks. My, I was taking my earplugs out of my ear because I like noise reduction. Um, I'm used to just sleeping in quiet places. And so the control that I have is earplugs and a sleeping mask that gives me complete shut eye. Because uh, not everywhere I go, if I'm traveling, uh, I can't, you know, carry blackout curtains with me everywhere. So I have a sleep mask and then I have my calm or headspace or youtube sometimes it's even streaming on youtube some uh rain and thunder i like listening to some sulfatio frequencies with some nature soundscapes and so the long story short is like i woke up like four in the morning with my ears hurting my 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 face mask was like half on my face it wasn't a good fit there was no secured attachment and then like this youtube ad was going off and it was like a trifecta it was like all right, there's got to be a better way. And so, you know, I went meditated that morning um, in my backyard and on top of the mountain. And I just realized like that experience I had in the middle of the morning was a revelation. It was a, you know, a blessing that, wow, like, I wonder how many people have tried to innovate in the sleep mask space. And, and I, and I just discovered that no one has a sleep mask that can provide beautiful sulfatio or binaural beats, science spec, you know, soundscapes, um, 
that can give you a hundred percent true blackout, but also have a good fit around the ears for side sleepers. And then third um, was a noise reduction um, and whatnot. So I kind of wrote down all the features and problems that I've seen in the marketplace with these cheap masks. And that's how it started. And I was like, we're going to create the world's most advanced sleep mask. And, and, and 15, 16 months later, we, we just launched our final um, prototype on Kickstarter. Wow. That's amazing. You know, that that's how we can use our own experience and be like curious and, and see, and well, you, you know, you have some skills as well to be able to, to make it happen. And it's amazing. I, and now you're saying that like my, the meditation like mask that that I use for blackout, like I cannot sleep on that one. Like it it doesn't allow me to really turn sideways. So like I completely can can resonate with that issue of like this isn't how you know like something that that can be useful. So like being able to to have in, in the market uh, a mask like what you have created that's that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's the first one with zero pressure on the ears because all the mask, they would just wrap around your ear. And in my ear, when you do that, it kind of hurts, right? So I I want zero pressure. And that's why I decided like, huh, what if I could take like a Bose-like, you know, soft, cushy headphone and attach it to a mask? And basically, this became my first invention. I mean, it's patent pending. And um, it's the first, you know, zero pressure ear uh adjustable ear um design so we've got these um bowls like headphones that adjust and they just wrap around your ear and i'm a side sleeper too so if you're wondering like can you sleep on the side with these ear absolutely because it's zero pressure and it just goes right on like this and it's got bluetooth um so you can listen to beautiful soundscapes if you back this project now, you'll actually get lifetime access to our Awaken app. And you can use that for soundscapes, meditation, um, and breath work. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Nice. 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 So check it out. Om it's sleep. on Omsleep. Beautiful. <laughs> That's awesome, Terry. Uh, tell me a little bit more, Terry, on, uh, as you're just saying, about breath work, about, you know, like all of these different um, frequencies as well like what has been your experience with with that and how how those uh help you in your own journey as well yeah the beautiful thing is that once i became conscious of my breath everything changed right like inhale exhale and the pauses between that inhale and exhale once you become so conscious of that you realize wow like it's just beautiful just to be able to breathe and what I discovered is that in doing breath work, I first got introduced in 2019 when I took my whole team out to a Wim Hof event. And that was really to experience an ice bath. However, what I didn't know is the preparation and doing the breath work allow you go go into a state where you have the courage to go into the ice bath and be able to control because um, the mind's going to be like, get out, get out, get out. Whereas if you can overcome that through the breath, you can stay in long and um, reap the benefits of of an ice bath, which I highly recommend. And because like two minutes of ice bath, I think is something like equivalent to like 
5x dopamine hit or they they you know as an analogy i think someone even said like it it's a bigger dopamine hit than doing like cocaine uh which we highly do not recommend but it gives you an idea of how epic the euphoric feeling you'll get when you go in for at least 60 to 90 seconds after that you'll surrender your body will surrender and then it just becomes so beautiful and when i first got introduced to holotropic breathwork so deep inhalations like that that's the single breath and there's a two part breath that i introduce and if we do this in a prolonged period uh this was um invented by two psychiatrists uh stanley groff um back in the 70s with his wife and they were researching lsd and the profound effects of lsd and how you know people would get into these altered states of consciousness of just super bliss and and love and they wanted to study and to see how can we get people to that state without the psychedelics and that's when they discovered this deep breathing but what people don't understand or may not understand is that this type of uh breathing has been around for tens of thousands of years right like the yogis um understand this cuz you know they have pranayama and they have different kind of breathwork modalities techniques to help all types of things whether it's pain relief trauma release um you know focus um you name it right like there is a style of breathwork so um but you know we want to still contribute um them cuz they invented this 3 hour kind of breathwork thing for the mainstream here in the United States and um I've taken a form of that created a a shorter version uh for down regulation it's about 2 hour journey and when i first got introduced it to it via a like a spiritual mastermind i was in it just blew my mind cuz 45 minutes into it i got to these states of consciousness that was similar to like a dmt release and for those that don't know what dmt it's a molecule uh that's been known for ancient um centuries you know among ancient religions and and shamanism where basically you will have a spiritual awakening or a mystical experience now dmt is associated with you know like after death um this molecule gets released from the pineal gland so there's a great netflix i think documentary it's called the god's Mo molecule mm -hmm. and they talk about this dmt molecule and what i'm saying is that Yes, you can have a DMT release if you do LSD or maybe ayahuasca um like other plant medicines uh that allow this release to happen so you can go on this kind of spiritual journey. However, with holotropic, you can get to that same state without any of the psychedelics or any of the plant medicine. And I feel like that is such a powerful tool and modality that I want to bring this to the world because I truly believe having done lots of plant medicines that that is not for everyone and that it should not be the first step mm -hmm. um when it comes to wanting to deepen your spirituality so uh breathwork um meditation and breathwork i think is the first go-to tools that i recommend for anyone that wants to deepen their spiritual practice yeah yeah you know one of the things that i that i usually share with people is that i haven't yet done any of the psychedelic plant medicines um and i hear so many of the experiences 
And all of the time, I think I have already had this, you know, like using, as you're saying, like my meditation practice, my breath work practices. Uh, Absolutely. Sound like, I'm, like I cannot corroborate it until I actually test it. But a lot of the things that I hear and, and it's like, well, like, there's so much power that we have to actually create this experience for ourselves without any external components to add. Yep. And it's like, well, yes, we need to understand how do we activate that? And we activate it and we are all different, but we can activate it using the we power. We can activate it. Yeah, using Absolutely. our own power. And, you know, like one of the, the main uh, traditions that I have practiced for the last 20 years, it has been Tibetan Buddhism. And in Tibetan Buddhism, there's a lot of different breath practices, including the Tumo practices, which is where the Wim Hof practices came from. Mm. They are like, <clears throat> at least for me, they, they are and so life changing. And it's, it's something that we're doing all of the time. Everybody's breathing. Absolutely. Like, I mean, um, if you wake up it. and you just do 30 deep breath through the mouth, it will just completely oxygenate you and, and you'll feel so great and amazing. And so we have the power within us uh, to manifest any any reality we want. And people are always looking for outside stimulants, whether it's plant medicine or a shaman or a guru that's going to save them. And I like to say that you can only save yourself. And once you realize that, that you can only save yourself and you have all the power within you to do that, you just need to access that. You need to awaken that part of you. It's a beautiful thing. And again, in my breathwork sound journeys, the last one I had was in Costa Rica, people activated their pineal and saw through their spiritual eye for the very first time, light coming into the third eye mm -hmm. and having a mystical experience. And I'm not guaranteeing that everyone will have this if you come to my um, breathwork events, but there's a very high chance because um, even if you don't see things through your third eye, you're going to have a, um, you're going to have some type of release. It could be a childhood trauma. It could be just, you know, self-esteem, like self-worth, worthiness, like it could be all types of things that you don't even know that your body's holding on to. And so I hold a sacred container, a safe space for you to be able to release that using these modalities, using these tools. And if you think about something like ayahuasca, it is, um, you know, it should be taken very super seriously, but it's kind of the same process, meaning if you come to my breathwork journey, that's what we're doing, right? We're activating the pineal, we're clearing out, we're, we're realigning the chakras. And when you go to an ayahuasca ceremony, they're going to sage you, they're going to um, have you do hape, purge, um, cleanse, eat a healthy diet for up to two weeks. And that medicine is activating your pineal for a full DMT release. And I mean, there's no control in, in that. And but the scary part is you're sharing that portal in a space where a lot of good or bad things can happen as well. And, and I don't think everyone's ready for that type of environment. But if you're in your own body, in a safe place where you can do breath work to release that trauma, to release anything negative, because we carry these negative energies that we may not even know about that's making us more anxious or, or nervous or more angry even or more frustrated and it's affecting our relationship, our business. Well, the breath work can allow that to be released. 
Mm. Once it's released, we work on aligning yourself, being able to see a different timeline, a different you, and being able to connect that emotionally, opening up the heart chakra. Um, that's what I like to focus on. Once you open up this heart, then it's game over, meaning in a good way. Like, you know, you'll have more joy, love, peace uh, once the heart is open. Yeah, beautiful. So beautiful. Terry, uh, as we're getting towards the end of this conversation, I would love to know um, whatever comes up now, what's one thing that you wish everybody that is listening to us to know? I would like everyone that's listening to know is that the kingdom of heaven is within you. And you've probably heard this from a, you know, biblical um, verse um, in the Bible, but Yeshua, also known as Jesus in the main world, but his real name is Yeshua. And I think he taught us the most important lesson that you have a whole the power within you. And so when you take that um, scripture and really try to self-realize and truly understand that as more of a metaphor or parable that goes super deep and wide is that that is the power you have and you can save yourself. You can change your life in an instant. Um, and how you go about that is going within. And from within, I create my outer world. And so it's not outside in, it's inside out. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Terry. For everybody that is resonating with your message, that is wanting to, to explore and learn more of what you're doing, where can they find you? Yeah, so they can visit me on Project Kim on IG or awakenwithom.com uh, if you're interested in the breath work or awakenwithom is the IG handle as well. So either of those handles, you can find me. Awaken with Ohm is me as a breath uh, coach, facilitator, and master guide. Um, and then Project Kim is my personal um, handle where, you know, I share all my projects and and I use it mainly as a vlog. Yeah. And for those that are interested in getting the mask, where do they go? They go to ohmsleep.co. That's C-O. So Ohm, O-M sleep all one word uh dot co beautiful i'll put all of those links on the show notes so that everybody has a quick access to that thank you so much terry for for taking the time for sharing what you have been uh in your own journey what you're contributing to this world so thank you for for taking the time to to be here with us thank you brian thank you for having me it was a pleasure Thank you. And for everybody listening, I would love to know, as always, what resonated with you? What did you learn? Do you already, you know, practice some of these things? Have you done Ikigai? What, you know, what did you take from this uh, conversation? Let us know anywhere that you're finding this conversation. Keep the conversation going. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you all in the next episode. Bye. What did you like the most about this episode? Take a moment to think about what change you can make in your life today. Share your conscious action on social media using hashtag conscious action and tagging at conscious action and said so we can celebrate your impact on the world and create a ripple effect. One easy action we would love for you to take right now is to share, like and subscribe to this podcast. This will help us get these messages out into the world and inspire more people to take conscious action in their own lives contributing to the better world we hope for.